Blog Talk Radio. Showplace Arena, 
Monique and friends. I'm one of her friends. Tone X is one of her friends. This is going to be incredible. Monique has not been on the on the stage live. Y'all haven't seen her since we, we uh, stopped doing the Monique show almost a year ago today. And, uh, of course, I just shot my comedy special, All-Star Weekend. So thank you to Cole Black, Shaquille O'Neal, and everybody that made that happen. And shout out, finally, to my girl, Kim Nelson Ingram, brand new to Blog Talk Radio. She has a show called The Help Desk. Check her out. Uh, help desk. Look up Kim Nelson Ingram and uh, please archive this show. Tell your friends if you don't catch this live, you can always archive. You can always tell your people, man, you missed Rodney today, or you got to check this out. Here's the link. You can archive it. You can podcast it on your iTunes. All this great stuff. So with that, it's time to get this show underway. And when you start talking about stand-up comics, when you start talking about the best that do what I do. Um, you got to show reverence. You got to pay respect to the kings of this game. And one of the kings of this game is my guest today, one of the coldest comics I've ever seen. Uh, I enjoy what he does. He beasts the stage every single time. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, let me bring him to the mic. My man, Mr. T.K. Kirkland. What's up, T.K.? What's going on, Rodney? How are you, player? Hey, man, uh, I want to thank you, first of all, for, for coming on the show, man. I, I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh, I, I remember being uh, Rudy Poot, you know, in the back of the room, watching you uh, uh, masterfully, you know, work the stage. And to to look years later and walk and still be in awe. Because, you know, some, we can become jaded as comedians. We say, you know, I have seen TK, you know, 50 times, 100 times. But it never gets old to me because you have a way of always staying present. What do you attribute that to? Well, that's a good thing. You know, let me tell I think being, one of the most important things is, is being single. I think when you're single and you... <laughs> scenarios that you could just bring it to the stage and elaborate on it, which I think is um, a good recipe for therapy at the same time. Because don't get it wrong, don't think that I don't go through pain on my head. Like I just got to shake my head sometimes. But to get on the stage to really express it sometimes really comes across good and it makes other people laugh and, and, and it's a good release for them too at the same time. So I think that's what it can base down to because that's why you see me really talk about relationships most of the time because that's what I do. I date. Right. You know, I love taking care of women. I love taking them shopping. I love, I love, doing, I'm not a trick though. You know, right. it's a difference between a trick and a dude that likes to do. I'm really after a woman who really got herself together, but what sets me back is if a woman got children and the house ain't clean or she on the phone talking to me, and she's screaming and got me on hold, and she's screaming in the background. You know, I'm just too old for all that. You know what I'm saying? So that those could be my reasons for not pursuing a, um, a relationship. But best thing you know, sometimes it's good to come to your home or home, and there's nobody there, and it's quiet, and you just walk around. And I just really like that kind of stuff, riding. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I, I, I feel you. Now, Give me the difference between TK now, the grown man, and TK, you know, 18, 1988. 
Well, well, you know, 88, I was a rebel. You know, okay. I was into, you know, I was a hustler, you know, um, eight years out of college, but I was just still, still trying to find myself from being in the streets to rolling with NWA and not really having the mentality of NWA had, but I was just really didn't care. I was just getting involved with a lot of things I shouldn't have gotten involved in. And then as you grow and become a man, honor, respect, and loyalty is is really one of the most important things um, that a man can have to contribute to life and to other people that he comes acquainted with or um, brings into his world. And I think those are those, those things right there are, are truly truly important. Now you mentioned MWA. You got a you got a, a real connection to hip hop, whether it be uh, through Fifty Cent or NWA or your work with any number of of hip hop artists throughout the years. What's the connection with TK and hip hop? Well, the, the connection is that you know my style of comedy represents um, pop culture and street life, and you know before anybody was telling the truth, I was doing the truth in '88. In '89, but my style of comedy was pretty much a spinoff of N.W.A. Mm-hmm. because they was the reporters of the streets, and I took on that same mask. I took on that same "let me report what's going on in the world" and bring it onto the stage. So that's what I do. So when people hear me on the radio, I'm not always funny, even though I make things funny because I'm not a, you know, like some guys are just naturally funny. I'm not that kind of dude. Like, even when you see me on stage performing, you'll see me giggling and all that kind of stuff because what i got to say is really serious. It's just that I'm just making it funny as it comes through my mouth. It's like, me and you perform together all the time, and I was like, give it up for Roddy because you work the whole stage. Like, you, you'll climb the curtain. You'll, you'll go down the <laughs> aisle. You know what I'm saying? You'll sit on somebody's lap. Not, and I think that's phenomenal. It's just that me, I'm coming on with my drink. I'm going to maybe take two steps the whole time that I'm on that stage. And that's it. I'm just a laid-back kind of dude. You know, I'm mellow. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, now, I, I, I watch many interviews of you preparing for this interview because, you know, I really respect this game. You know, I really mm-hmm. yes, you do. stand-up comedy for real, and you to me, T.K. Kirkland is, you know, the realest dude in the game, and I heard you break down. There's some people that borrowed the essence of T.K. Kirkland. Right, and and you have, true, I mean, we don't have to sugarcoat it. We like, you got Capone, who has T.K. Kirkland style. You have, um, what's my man's name? Uh, you cited you Corey Holcomb. You cited some more. Corey Holcomb. Yeah, some more. Uh, these guys, in no disrespect, you, you got to learn from someone. Mm-hmm. It's just that in this business, comedians have to know their culture and their history and how it all started. Now, you have the All Jokes Society from Chicago, yeah, but the, the root of this business for black comedians came on, on Crenshaw and 43rd, the Comedy Theater, when it was the heavyweights of the heavyweights because it wasn't this, oh, I can't follow this person, or I don't want this person on the show. We came up with the great and late Robin Harris, who was the MC. If your act wasn't good, you was going to burn, you was going to fall out anyway. But imagine on one night, Keenan Ivy Wayans, Damon Wayans, Sinbad, Eddie Murphy, and you had to go on right after those people. Wow. 
Like, you, you, there is no substitute for that experience whatsoever. Now, in today's world, it's about I'm taking it, I'm going to get it now, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's good for, for comics to really know the history so they could pay homage to a comedian that you are paved now to eat because we remember when we couldn't go across Sunset Boulevard to do the comedy stores, the Laugh Factory. Um, I happen to be lucky to be one of the first comics to ever go on a national tour in 88 because I went on tour with NWA, and that's spinning off to the Mary J. Blodgers, the Isley Brothers, um, Jay-Z, 50 Cent, the Cash Money Millionaires, um, Frankie Beverly Amaze. Like, I know for a fact no comic has opened up for as many artists as I have done. So at this point in my life now, when I hear comedians like Tone X, who was one like, like like a brother to me and his mom was real close, to see you guys and see everybody working, I love it. Because, you know, everybody has always been successful even back in the day. You know, everybody know TK always had money, puts the flies, rise, whatever. And I sit back, and I work when I want to now. You know, I if I feel like working, I pick up the phone, I go out and perform. If I don't want to do nothing for a month or two months, I sit back and relax and and just stay in the gym and just take care of myself and love my family. But I'm just really proud of the comics to see what has happened over, wow, the last 25 years in this business. And it's, it's just a good thing to see. It's just that we want comedians to, you know, I'm totally against a comic using another comic's material. I'm totally against comics talking about one another, you know, that was never the the reason for this for this game. It was really for people to to make other people laugh and to get your money and the the pay way for other comics. So the only one that really understood the system was Keenan Wayans. He took care of his brothers back in the day when I was in college and that had trickled down to their family, that trickled down to their kids and this is the thing that we want for comedians that if you get on try to help that person out, but make sure that person helps someone else out so that way we all as black comics can have a platform to win because we don't own the playing field. You mm. know, if we worked as much as whites, all of us would be balling. But one black would get on television and turn his back on the next comedian. Like the one who I, I think gives a lot of love is Mike Epps at this time. Mike Epps uses everybody and gives everybody a chance to eat around the country and put them on stage and make sure that they eat. And I think that's a phenomenal thing because, you know, me and him started up together back in the game years ago. So to see him contributing that and giving back and making sure people eat is, 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 is truly phenomenal. And that's what all comics should do. We should all make sure that you put a hand out, make sure that a person – you ain't got to save their life. There's a difference in saving someone's life. But make sure that you look out for them. And that's just my opinion on – such a question like that. I'm sorry if I was long-winded. No, no, not at all. Not at all, man. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You listen to Rodney Perry Live. We talking to T.K. Kirkland. That's T to the motherfucking K. T.K. Kirkland, the first time you said that phrase, T to the motherfucking <laughs> K, did it come to you in the clear, or was you on stage when it happened? Or, I mean, well, it's was it, interesting did you about it? that. Yeah, what happened was... Um, I was a big fan of um, Naughty by Nature um, back in the day. I used to open up for them, too. And they had a song on their album called One Motherfucker, Two Motherfucker, Three. Right. And I'm the kind of man that I can look at a doorknob and make it funny. I really try to test my talents. I know it sounds crazy, 
just like you know, I came up with this joke about the basketball game. I was actually watching a football game and basketball one day and said to myself, I wonder if I can make a joke out of that. And I flipped it and turned it into, that's why I got bitches on the, uh, on the bench and bitches in the game. The thing about T to the motherfucking K was the same thing. I took the the ones out and put T to the mother. And then the numbers was K's, and I just put everything in together. So it was T to the motherfucking K. And I remember one day being in Sacramento, performing, and just let it flow. And, man, the rest has been history. I mean, it's really become a staple. Uh, now, now let, let's rewind into the T.K. Kirkland history. Um, under the tutelage at the Comedy Act Theater of the great Robin Harris, what was that like to see him, one, in his prime, and then, two, to grow inside of that environment? He has to be, to this day, the greatest comedian to ever touched the mic. I don't know because he had years experience over us because when we got started. But the thing that I took from him in his school that a lot of comics don't do, if you ever see me perform, you never see me do the same act over and over. It's set up differently every time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's totally different every time. And with Robert Harris, he was the same way. You pretty much never saw him do the same thing over and over and over in the same format. It was totally switched up. And that's where I learned my style to be creative and to go off the top of the head and pretty much do anything. If you see me do three shows in one night, all three shows are going to be different compared to another stand-up comic who is probably good, but they're not going to take the time to switch up the show. And it's not to put another comic down or say that he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm not that kind of comic. I'm just saying this is what I do. Got it, got it. Hey, hey, y'all, man, it's such a pleasure to chop it up with you now. Uh, around the, the the comedy world, or the 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 rumor mill is that TK should have been Chris Rock. That Eddie Murphy. Well, you know, grabbed right, you. But you gotta remember. No, see the thing about that story, and I'm glad that you brought this up because it's all a myth. When me, me, Eddie Murphy was never really tight. Okay. I knew Keenan Wayans through Eddie Murphy. And what happened was an unfortunate situation happened back in, I was even doing stand-up at the time. I was in college um, getting my master's degree because I was a track star out of the um, Snyder High School, ran for Arizona State, and I was getting my master's at Cal State Northridge for people who don't know my background. So Keenan Wayans had met me, and believe it or not, when I was younger, me and Eddie kind of favored each other. So we was hanging out. I was in the man's home. I did some things that I shouldn't have done as a youngster. Um, as a man, I've always been a man about it and said, yes, I did do it. But it never happened. The TK can't not be Chris Rock. TK cannot be Eddie Murphy. I am where I'm supposed to be. And what I mean by that is, I could pay my bills. I'm extremely happy. I know that um, I got something coming out that's so powerful that when people hear about it, they'll see why I waited because by me having a hustler's mentality, I just didn't want to be a stand-up comic. I'm, I am truly a businessman. So to be a businessman the way that I think, yeah, I'll go on stage to 
release some tension or to express myself. But my thing is I got to own it. I got to be that dude because just to be a stand-up comic, to be in the political game of going on TV, and if one week your ratings is not the way it's supposed to be, you're gone. With the way the comedy game has changed over the years, there is no black sitcoms on TV anymore. Right. None. You have reality TV shows where our black women have stooped to a low that's so terrible that when you watch it, it's degrading. Um, you can't believe that they would stoop that low the way they talk to each other and where they disrespect one another. That's not to hate on them. Everybody got to do what they got to do to eat. It's just this is my view on the way I see things and the way I see how things have progressed in our society. But with Eddie Murphy, I'm supposed to be because that's like saying you're supposed to be weird. Now, you're funny as hell. You should have a TV sitcom. Um, right. Oh, and that should have a sitcom. There's so many people that should have a sitcom. But, no, it's based on being in the right place at the right time, knowing the right people, like Kevin Hart. Yeah. Kevin Hart is my man. I love Kevin Hart. And I tell Kevin Hart all the time, I don't think you're funny, Kevin. I tell him, <laughs> he knows it. I said, Kev, I don't understand it, nigga. I said, you need to give your manager 50% of everything you own because that motherfucker has made it happen for you, dog. You know, I tell people Kevin Hart is a nice guy. You nice. don't think Kevin Hart is funny? I think Kevin Hart is funny, but not to the point that he's selling out arenas, nigga. I just so, think so, that he. So, just, I mean, so he, what would you attribute it to, though? Because is everybody it's called, the, 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 it's the, called the, being clever? No, let me say it's called being clever. Uh huh. He took advantage. Back in the day, you became that kind of star if you hit a hit movie and right. you went on the road. That's not Cat Williams. Same thing. They took advantage of the social media, and they did it like no other person has did it. And they stepped up their game, they do their thing. Now, when I say I don't think Kevin's funny, it's not saying I think Kevin ain't shit. Right. Kevin is funny, but not to the standards of what I think is funny, if that makes any sense. So so when, when you look at, like you say, the, the Robin Harris's of the world, the Bernie Macs, you, you, you put him up against them is what you're saying. Well, uh, I right, exactly. Yo, I know. I, yeah, yo, because you see, let me tell you my definition of a superstar. My definition of a superstar was that Eddie Murphy came out with Delirious. Right. The impact, the impact he had on society. I've never seen nothing like that in my life. Now, 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 now this is my next question, though, TK. Can that even uh-huh. happen again? Because stand-up comedy that way was very new. So with the Comedy Centrals, the BETs, the HBOs, the Showtimes, can anybody have the impact of a Eddie Murphy on the landscape, being, with the landscape being so crowded now? Yeah. Um, well, it can't happen anymore, but the point now that's different than then is the guys are getting – everybody's getting paid. Mm. See, Kevin Hart is seeing the kind of money he never thought he'd see in his life, but he's getting it. We all are making money. Like, think about it. 10, 15 years ago, you wasn't getting the kind of money you're making now. Right. 
At least I hope so. You're flying for me, and I hope you're getting money, Rodney. No, we're doing okay. <laughs> okay, cool. You know we're what I'm doing saying? okay. So, you know, and, 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 and I don't want the interview to pretty much be about Kevin Hart, and I know we're talking about me, but yeah. I love Kev. I think that Kev has done a phenomenal thing in this business, and I just pay, I just hope that for the rest of the comedians who the Eddie Murphys, the Robin Harris's, the Bernie Macs, the T.K. Kirklands, the Chris Tuckers paved the way that guys just keep letting other comics eat and make sure that you call a comedian and say, yo, come work with me, give a guy a chance to make money, and that's it because we won't, I don't think anymore, we'll see another black TV sitcom. I mean, don't get me wrong, some people might be on, the, on listening to this and say, well, Tyler Perry has a TV sitcom, but Tyler Perry did it his own way also. He's on TNT. He put up his own money for his own sitcoms. But I'm talking about on NBC, CBS, right. that type of stuff, where the checks are 400000 500000 a week an episode. But but now, now, now I, I, I subscribe to that, that, that line of thinking, but I think I think this is what's happening too, and you tell me if you agree that uh-huh. since since we're down to zero black presence on television, the only way for us to go is up. Like so, I foresee in the next five to seven years that that the comics that are currently working will get those looks. So there's a group of us that's 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 really brand new, but we're twenty years in you know, or 30 years in, that's going to get a chance to be that next group that get television and film because there's a void that has to be filled. Would you agree? Well, I agree with you, but the thing is, anything is possible. Uh, One thing I know I'm not, I'm not psychic, so I do hope hope that um, um, comedians will get those opportunities to shine and to do those types of things. Like, I can't say what you're saying is wrong, and I can't say what I'm saying is wrong. I think we're all right in mm-hmm. a pot of gumbo. We all have to put our little mission on how we feel. I just really also feel that comics, male and female, we should learn how to become businessmen. We should learn how to become agents up in an agency so that we know what to look for as far as what's a good comedian, what's a good actor. What's a, because the people who make these decisions – never was in the field. They right. never really know what stand-up comedy is really about, so they pretty much go off opinion, and I don't think it should be that way. So I really think comics are really start as a stand-up comic, but also try to become an agent, also try to become a producer, also try to become a director, because they know what's funny. Got it. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You listen to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to T.K. Kirkland. T.K., uh, you mentioned the business of what we do. Uh, I know not only are you a stand-up comic, but you're also uh, one of the primetime businessmen in this game. And talk to me about T.K., the businessman, and just give us a glimpse of some of the endeavors you got going on, man, business-wise. Well, business-wise, you know, if you, um, I have a company now called um, Caviar Patron. Um, I'm about to have my first movie coming up at the end of this year. I'm keeping it a little top secret because once it blows, then it's going to be really big. I have a distribution deal with a company called um, Big Air Studios out of Santa Monica, California, which I'm really, really excited about. And with that, 
and putting on my hat like a mogul because you have to respect the ice cubes of the business and the Jay-Z's, the Puffy Cones, people who I see out here doing their thing. And in order to make and have longevity, you have to have ownership. So I have placed myself in a position to have ownership to do bigger things for comics like yourself, comics like my man Tone X Comics all around the country, Rip Michaels, um, my man Rashawn out of New Jersey. You know, there's just so many comics we'd like to do things for. And with this opportunity, I'm really going to take um, advantage of it and really impress and, and people because they can see, whoa, I know he can get down. Just like I invest in concerts. You know, I invest in concerts like Frankie Beverly and Mays. Wow. Um, I did a couple shows for Cedric the Entertainer, even though my trick was to put money up for concerts but try to be on the show. I mean, Cedric had fallen out because he didn't really know that it was me and my crew who financed part of his tour, and I was trying to get on stage, and what he did was he told the, um, he didn't want me on the show, not knowing that I was the promoter. I've done this for a lot of comedians. I've done this for Tracy Morgan. We were doing a show in Connecticut. He didn't know that I was the promoter on it. And when he found out that I was the comic on the show, he didn't want me on the show. So me and my team, we feel like, okay, we're not going to mess the money up. TK, we just lay in the cut. I'm not even going to show up to the venue. We make the money, boom, and we keep it moving. So these are, I don't know if it's a hater thing or whatever, but I feel like I really wanted to approach them eye to eye and say, yo, you know, I'm feeding you, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Why right. I'll be on the show. So, so but why, you know, why not? Why not have that conversation before show day, though? Because you know, everybody ain't trying to follow T.K. Kirkland. And that's something that I have to come to grips with, because you know, I'm just a humble guy. I don't think of myself as that phenomenal on stage. But when I talk to Keenan and Damon Wayans and uh, 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 Jamie Fox, they sit down and tell me to T.K. There's nobody in the country, yo, that want to go on after you. So you can't get mad if a D.L. Hughley don't want you on the show with him because they want to shine. And in my head, I'm thinking still the comic theater. I'm still thinking, yo. Right. You follow who you follow, no matter what. Good, yeah, if everybody say they good, let's prove it. That's my competition. If I say I'm the best and a comic come on stage and I know he's good, Yo, that's a motherfucking bringer, but that's me. And I think it gives the audience a good show. Hey, y'all, it's all about the good show. We talking to T.K. Kirkland. Now, now T.K., the, the lines is lighting up, man. People want to talk to you. You mind taking a couple of calls? Yeah, let's make it happen. All right. Uh, this, this first one, this, this lady is near and dear to my heart. This is my mama. Mama, you on with T.K. Kirkland. What up, y'all? I'm in the shop getting me some greens and... Dressing and stuff. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Okay, well, well say hi to TK, mama. What up, TK? What's going on with you? You say you're long uh, you... Yes, I am. I'm very long Yes, I am. I like that's that. That's, that's a, that runs in my family. I like that. <laughs> say what so you got to say, man. All right, well, you, well, so you hang on the line, mama. You, you, you sound you right. busy. All right. <laughs> that's my mom, man. She off the chain. Okay. Right, but that's their real mother? That's my mother, yeah, that's my mom. Wow, yeah. I thought you was playing, I didn't know. Okay. No, no, I would I don't play with my mama. That's one thing I don't mess with. Okay. Mama. <laughs> hey, okay, uh, cool. you I like, like that. It's Kyle Williams, you on with T K Kirkland. 
What's up, TK? Hey, what's up, Roddy? This is Kyle. Kyle from Improv. I know who you are. Oh, okay. Baby, all right. Just check it. Hey, what's, what's right here, my brother? What's going on, yo? Nothing, man. Hey, you know, I, this, is a, this is a weekly thing for me, me and Rodney. And, I, you know, TK, I just saw you last week, dog, and I just had to say what's up to you. That's all. Hey, hey, Kyle. Let me ask you this. Yeah, okay. Kyle, let me ask. As a fan, man, you, 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 you always at the comedy clubs. You see a million comedians go on stage. What is it about T.K. Kirkland that set him apart from rest? You know what? I'm gonna be truly honest with you, Rodney. It's, it's cool you asked me that. One night, Chris Rock was there, and and T.K. was on stage. I went outside with T.K. It was me, uh, Chris Rock. And one one more person, I, I forgot who it was, but he was dropping so much dope science. He said, you know what, TK is like one of the only comics. He is one of, one of the only comics who grabs the, the, the audience's attention and holds them. And just it, it, when, he, when he drops his lines, he just drops them on them so real, they just, they lose it. And when, when you know, that coming from Chris Rock, man, was, that was deep. That was wow. deep. You're talking about people, you know, who have been in the game for a long time. And, yeah, I've done a lot of shows with you guys, man. I, I love you guys. Rodney, I, you know, I always tell you thank you, man, for coming out. You flew all the way from Atlanta, did a show Saturday, and showed it for me on Sunday, man. I love you for that, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, nothing but a thing, man. Thanks for, thanks for the call, Kyle. We got a bunch of calls to get in. TK, what is it like to hear when your peers, like a Chris Rock, really respect what you do, man? You know what? I love it. It depends on the day that I hear it. Because <laughs> okay. if it's a day... If it's a day that I, I could, I could, you know, I have different moments. And some some days I want to be famous. Some days I want to be that dude with the hit movie or TV sitcom mm-hmm. or probably one of major toys. Some days. Then there's some days I don't really care. It's just some days like as long as I can get up, go to the mailbox, get some money, go to the safe, get some money, pay, send the money to the kids some money, if my money's straight, and get a haircut, get a face massage. That's success to me. So, like I said, it depends on that day. But I love Chris Rock. He gives me comments. And, you know, when you hear it, you know that you've really done your thing. You know that you've really done your thing. Now, now, now TK, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you saying that mm-hmm. some days you don't feel like you're the coldest motherfucker that ever walked on the stage? Some days I don't even care. Why? Wow. I mean, and that's the truth. Like, I'm not like most comics. I'm not first like that. I'll go to, like, I'll even watch other comics perform. If they're performing, I'll walk out the room just so that I won't see nothing that they're doing so that I won't use it in my act later. But I can tell you this. If I'm in the venue at that night, now, today I don't care, but if I'm getting ready for a show, like I start my tour on Thursday, when starting tomorrow I'll start getting in the mind frame of let me shut this motherfucker down. Right. That's how I get down. If I'm on the show with the Mike Epps, if I'm on the show with anybody who says they're the man, my job is that when I walk up that building, for people, people to say, yo, cheat to the motherfucking table with that nigga. And that comes in preparation of being a track star and athlete. On that day, I, I just become a whole different person. Just like even when me and you perform. I know what you're going to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know you're going to set the motherfucker. I can't come in tiptoeing. I can't come in, oh, I don't really feel like doing this shit today. So when I'm around good comics, it brings the best out of me, and I love that. 
I love that. Metal sharp and metal. Hey, we we got the calls, man. The, 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 TK, let me tell you something. I done interviewed some some primetime acts and comics and every, man, my phone lines is going crazier than they ever went before. Let's open it up to my man Tyler Craig. Tyler Craig, you on the line with TK Kirkland? What's up, y'all? What's happening? Man, What's going on, player? This What's Tyler up? Craig, one of the coldest comics out of the ATL. Uh, Tyler, speak to me, man. What what you got to say about TK? T to the motherfucker K. Well, you know what I'm saying? The first time I saw anybody just, you know, control a whole room, period, with TK, when he came up to Uptown, you know what I'm saying? First time I saw him up there on um, at Uptown Comedy Corner, we was on Peachtree Street. Well, um, you got a hell of a show, my nigga. You know, you got a real grip on the crowd and what you're saying. And, you know, I sit in there because, you know what I'm saying, I'm a, I'm I'm in school. Every time I watch y'all, you write me. Right, right, right. You know, I'm always in class, you know what I'm saying, and I be watching my professors because, you know, I got to get my thing right too, not to say what nobody says, but to find out the rhythm and the key of all this, you know what I'm saying. And comedians nowadays, they got it hard. That means they got it easy as hell, them young comedians now. Because when I was coming yeah, up, they with do. up there, I had to damn and tell them my mama was in the audience to get on stage. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> your ad didn't get on stage for two weeks, but you know what I'm saying? TK, you always rock it to me. I don't give a damn what it is on television, off television, in the club, in the comedy club, you know what I'm saying, in the arenas, whatever, you know what I'm saying? You do your thing because, you know what I'm saying, there's a status that you hold, you know what I'm saying, that's, that's true to anything in your game is, is about being you. And I learned that. Right. You don't stand by what nobody else say. This is your voice, and you use it, brother, and I can appreciate that. And I just want to say thank you. Wow. Well, thank you, Tyler. And I, and I just want to let you know, too, yo, you really grown to be a, a phenomenal comic because when I see you perform, you have me rolling up, and I like how you got your, um, your flask drinking and all that kind of shit, and, and you have your scalp grease now with your braids, and I really like that you upgraded your, your conditioning in your hair. <laughs> Hey, this is Rodney Perry. You tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. T.K. Kirkland. Now, T.K., you have never been one to shy away from uh, relegating the game, I call it. Like, if you see somebody uh-huh. that's out of whack when it comes to the game, I done seen you school somebody from the stage. I done seen you, you know, stop a young comic and give them some game. Um, is there anything taboo that you wouldn't say to an up-and-coming comic? Nah, I think I'll say pretty much anything. I just won't disrespect the comic, like, because I believe in respect, so I'm not going to use profanity and, and check a, a, another man that way, but I want to pull him to the side to let him know how he can either better. Like, like, I've got this gentleman's name. I was in Atlanta not too long ago, and this dude, yo, was so, he had a street vibe, like a Jeezy or a T.I., and I loved it. And I, I I told him to make some adjustments into his act. Yo, my man called me, texted me for weeks because it changed his whole show. Wow. And it's moments like that that makes me feel good when you do stuff like that for certain comics. And he said, TK, thank you. That just really took me a whole, took, it took me to a whole nother level. And I like that, you know, so that's cool, yeah. So taboo, nah, I'll pull a person to the side and, Always give advice because that's what it's about. 
I love it. Hey, y'all, y'all listen to Roddy Perry. This is Roddy Perry Live. T.K. Kirkland is on the line. Now, if you want to tweet T.K., you can hit him up at T.K. Will Win. That's at T.K. Will Win. And his Facebook is also T.K. Will Win. That's T-K-W-I-L-L-W-I-N on his Twitter and on his Facebook. Man, again, T-K, I want to I thank you for coming on, man. This, this is incredible for me personally. Like I say, I remember being... You know, and, and I say this, I say this word. People always say Rudy Poop, but I, that's when you wasn't, you wasn't, you couldn't barely get on stage. And uh, Brian Mouton used to do Mexicali rolls in Hayward. Whoa! <laughs> See what I'm saying? And you came Whoa. down, and I remember, I think Guy Tory opened for you, and uh-huh. I was just a fly on the wall, and the way. You, uh, I think Tyler Tyler Craig spoke to it. The way you you controlled that room was something I had never seen before. And even to watch you now, I still see that same uh, uh, mastery. And what I really attributed to it, and maybe I'm off, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right, is it's kind of melodic the way you flow. Like it's almost like listening to music, you know, because it's T to the motherfucking K, and you always got a smile in your voice. Uh, how deliberate is that stylistically? Well, you know, it's funny. Gary Owens and I did a show last week at the Comedy Store. And when he got back on the stage, he gave me so much props. But what was so funny is people laugh about the. He said, yo, TK really talks like that. And all my life I never really heard it that I had this funny way of this, this pattern of talking. So... This is how I really talk. Like, I don't make it up. I don't um, say, okay, let me change my voice because I'm getting ready to do this stand-up. Mm-hmm. It's just a God's gift thing, and I guess I've been able to just to take it on stage and use it to my advantage, which I think is pretty good. But there's no preparation in it. It's just something that just happens, Like, because I don't even know that it's happening. I just go on stage and... I just let it flow. Sometimes I go on stage, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. Like, none. I know I have a lot of stuff in my head. Right. But when I do Afro-American rooms and I have a short period of time, like if I'm at the improv or the funny bone and they say, TK, you only got a few minutes, I might have a structured show. But if I'm, if it's just me and i got an hour, I, a lot of people have never seen me do an hour. And then for the people who have seen me do an hour, is pretty much, to me, one of the most phenomenal journeys that I have on stage because it's like a, a plane going down the runway, taking off, and we're going to have turbulence, we're going to have smooth, we're going to serve drinks, we're going to do it all, and then we're going to have our descent. And that's like I, I, I like to approach my show to is that type of flight. We're going to go on a flight that's going to be phenomenal. I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to make you cringe. And I always top it off with sexuality because my show was so hard on women back in the day because that's what my experience was because I always thought that parents were sending women into the world unprepared. And what I mean by that is you have a man who who, who busts his ass off like I'm successful and you meet a woman who wasn't prepared for life. And what I mean by prepared for life, she didn't really have a good credit score, uh, uh, cleaning habits wasn't really phenomenal. She didn't have cook. She she didn't have she didn't control, she didn't know how to control the, the climate. 
of the room. And what I mean by that is to be mature enough not to sweat petty shit. But what the difference was, and there's no disrespect to women who listen, I just want you to hear my thoughts real quick. Mm-hmm. They wasn't a woman yet. See, when you're in your 20s, you are learning life. In your 30s, you're pretty much trying to get it together. And hopefully in your late 30s, you have mastered it. Some women think because they have children, that makes them a woman. But there's no substitute for experience, and there's no substitute for wisdom. And when sometimes you get married young, you get a divorce, you go through your hardship, but the next time you meet another man, you know how to control certain things. So that's my thing when I was coming home. Now I'm hard on the men because men have taken an approach now that they're the women. They want they want to move in with a woman. They want a woman to take care of them. Mm-hmm. They want to borrow money from a female. They want to do all these things. So now I'm coming hard on guys so that they can step their game up because they don't open the door for women anymore. They don't get them flowers. Um, some guys I know don't even take their women out, and they live in the same house. They don't take them to dinner. They don't take them to movies. Wow. And, uh, and it's crazy. So I'm like a mentor to a lot of guys who will call me, ask me for advice, and I'll say, yo, you got a baby with this woman, you live again, you ain't never took her to a movie. Valentine's Day, I know 20 guys, I made sure that they took their wives to dinner, sent them to the spa, and got some flowers. And that's the way I think a man is supposed to um, teach another man. But I do that through stand-up. And as you can see, like you, like even in this conversation, we didn't laugh the whole time. Most comedians have come out, and be joking from the very beginning. I, you know me, I ain't that kind of I, I, I don't like dudes that's always on like that, though, because that, that ain't real to me. That ain't real, y'all. I can't do that. That gives me a fucking headache. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to tell motherfuckers, yo, could you shut the fuck up, yo? You drive me crazy. Uh, hey, God hey, damn. ATK, the, the lies is going crazy. I'm going to ask my next few callers, please, be brief. Get your words in. Let TK know what you want to say. You know him. You love him. Yeah, one but of you the know I don't have comments. nothing to do. That's the pro- yeah, but I don't have nothing to do. If they okay. if we want to talk two hours, Rodney, I'm down. You know why? Because this is what getting rich is about. I'm rich. So I'm looking out my window at a beautiful golf course. I'm comfortable. I'm enjoying this. Come on. <laughs> All right, let's get it in. Angel Cummins, you're on the line with TK Kirkland. I've been doing a lot of writing and screaming. How you doing? I've been doing a lot of writing and screaming. That's why I'm so hurt. Um, I wanted to say congratulations to you and Ronnie Brown on your success. And um, to let y'all know that I'm a big fan. Well, I'm Ronnie Brown, you know, a teacher. I really never really seen you perform. You know, <laughs> but uh, congratulations anyway on your success. Um, I wanted to ask you, I heard you earlier talking about promoting shows and stuff. How much does it cost to um to to um do a show like say like you want to do a female venue? How, is that really expensive to um have your own the own show like that? Now I can't really understand this, Rodney. What did he say? Uh, that, that's Angel. Uh, she, she said. Uh, <laughs> she was asking. <laughs> I'm being funny. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> she said she was asking. You know. What does it take to promote a show, I guess? I guess that's a question. Um, uh, being that you've been on that side of it, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a hundred different answers. It's, it's relative, to, I'm sure, to who you're hiring to work for you, but maybe you can give a kind of a ballpark figure on what that is. 
Well, one is, is based on the comedians and who you want to promote, and it's based on your financial situation. And you have to be a businessman or businesswoman, meaning if it's a big show, it's best to always bring partners in to help you so that if you do take a loss, the, the impact won't be so bad. But it's also good to know your market and also have money. And what I mean by money, no comic wants to come to a show and wait for a promoter to make his money at the door yeah. to pay them. Every good comic, every good, every great promoter has money for their artists as soon as they show up. Every good promoter will give you a deposit up front, and I'm talking about good promoters. Now, the day you young comedians have changed the game with, you have promoters who will call you want to book you for a show, and they'll say, hey, I'm going to give you $8,000 all in. Now, we from the old school, don't get me wrong, I'm not a dummy, because to a hustler, all money is good money. Right. But the way that's supposed to go is 8000 is supposed to be your salary, and you still pay for air, and you still pay for hotel. Unless it's a small venue in yeah. the hood, and you're going to give a, you want to pay your person a couple thousand, and you might be able to afford an airline ticket. You can't bring two people with you. Most comics who understand what being a hustler is. See, being a hustler is understanding what that means. It means that you go get your money because this game that we're in, if you didn't come up the way we came up and you never had a job, then you don't know what I mean because you could work 40 hours a week and not make the kind of money we make in 40 minutes. Yeah. Very true. Forty minutes. But but, but, I, but I, I, agree, I agree with your original thought is that, that the game then got messed up because cats is going out and they not asking for the 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 simple amenities. You know. Like right. I had to learn mm-hmm. that if I didn't ask for it, that I wasn't gonna have no chicken in my dressing room. I had to learn that if Absolutely. I didn't ask for it, I wasn't going to have no drinks in my dressing room. So yep. you know, I asked the question. I'm like, how come they got drinks? Well, Rod, you ain't have no rider. Oh, what's a rider? You know, what, right. what does that mean? So I, I didn't know what that meant. So uh, I, I think there is a generation of us that just don't know no better. But I think it comes with time, meaning it's just like going from – one level to the next level. If you're a comic that's just starting out and you don't know what happens at Madison Square Garden backstage, yeah. where you're supposed to have your rider and your drinks and your champagne and your food, you never know that exists until you get exposed to that. So it's not that they're not learning it. You can be told, I'm quite sure a lot of comics are listening now that understand it, but to actually experience it is phenomenal. Like on the 31st, me and um, Bang Bang Bang. What's his name? Uh, uh, John Witherspoon. Me, John Witherspoon. We're doing a huge show in New York City. Like that's my man, you know. And to be backstage with him years ago was a, a, a phenomenal experience. One of my great experiences on tour happened to be who did I say I enjoyed the most as a stand-up on tour? I would say Chris Tucker because Chris Tucker showed you how cheap. Some comedians could be, and let me finish what I mean. I love Chris, but I always tell the truth. Chris Tucker took me on tour, and because I was such a phenomenal stand-up, he took my time from 30 minutes to 10 minutes, and I had to deal with it. 
But me, Chris Tucker, and Faze on Love was boys when Chris Tucker blew up. Me and Chris Tucker was driving down Sunset Boulevard when the earthquake happened, and I still remember him screaming like he was a woman in the car. But my point, but my point with Chris was, Chris would tell you, yo, TK, we're doing two shows now. Chris would tell you, TK, I'm going to pay you for your first show, but the second show, you have to do it for me half price. Now, me being who I was, that wasn't happening. Everybody know how I get down. Right. But people will try it. So I want comments who are listening to this is that if you do a show and the first show is sold out and a promoter comes to you and says to you, yo, what you going to charge me for the second show? Well, damn it, if it's the same amount of people, you're going to pay me the same amount of money you paid me for the first show. Yeah, come on, dude. It's a business. Yeah, now, you, you, you ain't even got no overhead. You not you don't have to get me here for the second show. I'm already here. It, my point exactly. But to the comments who are listening, understand exactly what I'm about to tell you. Be smart enough to negotiate. Now, if a promoter's taking a loss, don't be so hard on the promoter and say, yo, you still got to give me all my money. You have to go to the promoter and say, okay, what can you do? And you negotiate to get what you want that's fair. Okay. You understand what I'm saying, Ronnie? Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you can't ask a promoter to give you $10,000 if he only has 500 people in the second show because you're disrespecting yourself. And I truly believe in common. There's some artists that'll say, fuck that. I want my motherfucking but you don't eat the next time. Right. Now, now let me give you this, though. I mean, in that same mm-hmm. scenario, if the joint blow up, it's a sold-out show, you didn't really make a deal for a bonus, do ex-promoter break you off? Yes, but that's when you got to have a mouthpiece. Yeah. And you have to speak up. See, I believe all real men speak up. Now, if a man has a, a sensitive um, gene in his body that he inherits from his mother's side of the family... <laughs> <laughs> and you're on that sentimental passive shit, then you ain't gonna get paid. Right. But I'm not saying get indignant, yo motherfucker. You know that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be a man, be a gentleman, eye contact, firm handshake, and just let you speak. Oh, you know we did well here. What we, what we gonna do? And a good promoter who has um, honor about himself, who wants to work with you again in the future, will say to you, I got you. I just had this happen to me in Chicago. I'm doing a show in Chicago, two shows sold out at some big arena there. And um, my man said he's a great promoter. And I should, uh, he's such a great promoter, I'm already booked with him next year. That's how I want to stay here. So I said, he said, TK, how much you going to give me for (laughs) it? How much are you going to charge me for the next show? I said the same amount, yo. Yeah. I mean, it should be more actually for inflation, so I'm I'm cutting you a deal at the same amount. Right. Yep. That's it. Because I go on a, a, a 15-day run where I'm in a different city for the next 15 days. So, you know, that's the way I work. you got some comics who work every week. Sometimes I do that, but I've been doing this 27, 27 years. Wow. I've been doing stand-up comedy. So um, I'm not on the downcline. I just know how to go out when I want to make money and do a couple of things and enjoy myself and date and have sex and take women out and 
buying a few little things, and I come back home and, and relax. <laughs> hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuned in to Roddy Perry Live. We open up the phone line. Seuss, you're on the line yeah. with T.K. Kirkland. Yo, what the deal, Rodney? What up, T, to the motherfucking K? <laughs> what up, fam? What's good, Joe? Yo, um, I just wanted to come in because I'm laughing because um, I'm been laughing through this whole thing, even though TK said that he ain't a funny dude. Um, because he's the only dude I know could call another nigga a bitch without calling him a bitch, and the guy would thank him afterwards because the way he say stuff, <laughs> right, right, is <laughs> how he say. And I'm and I'm and I'm I'm dying because we in a um I remember him trying to pay a bill on the phone one time at a barbershop. He may remember this in Connecticut. And it's an automated service. And he's trying to talk to them, and we talking in the background. So the, um, the automated service people is, is is responding to us. And he like, yo, yep. shut the fuck up, yo. I'm sure he said, yo, my heart's bad, I'm old. He said that it's bad, I'm getting pissed off because I'm trying to pay this shit. <laughs> Y'all keep talking. <laughs> yo, he was so pissed at this freaking automated service lady. I was rolling, yo. <laughs> uh.
even though TK doesn't have that physical comedy like URP, I'm just wondering why we don't have you cats get together like they used to do in the old days, the way Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivory and all of them had that group of band of brothers that got together and put on that visual comedy, did little uh, short films and stuff, you know, just black comedy. Why, why we don't see that much anymore? Well, well, because let me I feel that the game. See, ahead, see, back when see, I started out with Robert Townsend too. Day, I just thought about that. I was in the Black the the Beautiful. Wow. With them, when yeah, that started, up, and yep. um, yep. yep. And what happened was, the game has changed so much, my man. Like, I'm not gonna say it's racism, but we don't get the opportunities anymore to do the HBOs, to do the Showtimes, to do. Because what happened, comedy, Afro-American comedy got saturated. And young comics today who came up in the business, give me an example. When we did BET, the last one with Kevin Hart was the host. Mm-hmm. Um, my man who who was the producer uh, made me and um, my man from Def Jam, Bob Sumner, yeah. um, executive producers of the show. We got so many comics to come in to do a show, but it only, they only aired two. Now, as a producer, the mistake that he made was he paid audience members to come in to sit, like he paid them, where it should have been, let me put real it on people. the radio, yeah. real people, and that's how the show got messed up. But we have people sometimes who come into the business that have financial power, that don't know what they're doing, then you have stand-up comics who might be good on their block, who everybody in their neighborhood might think they're the shit until you get on that damn plane, you go to another city, and your shit don't work. Or or even get on TV. Like, doing what you do on TV and doing what you do in the club is two different things. Two different things. A lot of cats ain't prepared for television, you know, and and it's it's sad. Believe it or not, I have problems with TV. And not that there's anything wrong, I just hate that I have a short period of time when you're on television, and I hate some cameras being right there so close in front of me. It's re- you really got to pretend that the shit is not there, right. to be honest with you. But to answer what he's saying is when you see the comics who come get the opportunity, regardless if you saw nine good comedians, if you get three bad comedians, no executive is going to want to take that chance. And and anything in the black community, anything in the black community is always a fad from FUBU to Death Jam. We only get a short run. And then black people, we have a short (laughs) attention span. Like, okay, I'm done with that. And comedy changed over the years. What, What made Death Jam so phenomenal when it first came out was there was no comic view. And see, and once Comic View came on, and you can get comedy every night of the week, right? And then the financial crisis started. Guess what? Mothers and fathers now didn't don't have to go get a babysitter to babysit. Everybody can stay home and watch Comic View and then go to sleep afterwards. But then the comedians didn't grow with the business. A lot of comedians, it just got horrible. So that's why Def Jam fell off after Common View because we watered down what we had. Now, 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 I agree with it. that. I agree with that sentiment. But I think another thing happened too is uh-huh. comedy became overproduced. 
Like, I think they produced the comedy shows too much. Like, it used to be the experience on TV was very similar to the experience in the club, like a la right. Def Jam. But right. now they produce it. You don't even exchange the mic with the host. And it used to be host-driven. Like, when, when Martin was a host of Def Jam, you tuned in to see what Martin would do, and the other comics was like gravy. But right. they realized at some point that they didn't have to make it about the host, and when they did that, I think they, they hurt stand-up comedy as a whole. Right, and then what promoters did as a smart, kind of smart but not smart, you can go to Shaquille O'Neal All-Star, just like Def Jam did in the day, they never promoted who the stand-up comic was. Right. And then when you got there because of the name, it wasn't the person you wanted to see. And just like with the Shaquille and the All-Star, they never promote the artist. They promote, yeah, they promote the brand. Shaquille and the, they promote the brand. Now, as a promoter, that's a smart, clever move because you get the pocket every dime. Right. And you only have to pay the comedians $1,000, maybe, maybe two, air and hotel. But think about if you're doing a 9,000-seater, two shows, and you didn't get the kind of money you wanted to make. Now, as a comedian, you have to be smart to say, okay, I'm going to flip this. I'm on yeah. the show. I'm going to get more shows. I'm going to sell these damn DVDs at the same time and walk away with a couple more thousand until I get my break to be where I want to go. It's those type of angles you have to go, but everybody has a slice of the pie. And to my man, that's the reason why um, you won't really chance to see those type of shows anymore unless you go get a DVD now. Wow. Because we could do that stuff now, but we'll do a DVD. But no network, not even BT, will give a Rodney Perry or anybody that opportunity to have a sitcom or a sketch show in a series like that, I think. And maybe someone's listening to us that we don't spark the uh, 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 idea in their head who's an executive. Yeah. And who 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 is a executive producer at one of these networks that said, you know what? Let me contact T K Kirkland on Facebook right now, which is T K Kirkland, or let me hit him on Twitter, which is at T K Will Win, or Rodney Perry, and say, yo, won't you guys try to have a meeting with us? I, you just sparked the idea. Now something like that we can see. That's right. He's at, he's at T K Will Win. He's on the line with Rodney Perry right now. Ezra, you on with T K Kirkland? What's up, buddy? Rodney P, what's up, baby? Well, Houston, Texas in the building. What's up, Ezra? What you got for TK? Man, I, I'm a big fan of TK. I remember when uh, I first got in the game in Houston at the hip-hop, and Rushan bumped my time and said, I, I got a dude coming up this weekend. He's going to get some of your time. And uh, it was TK, man, and he ripped it. And... Uh, after that, I saw him in Atlanta, and I brought it up, and he was like, oh, okay, I don't remember you, kid, but I got a party, man. You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> he, took I love me, he took me to a party, and then I saw him again in Houston at another club, like, years later. He was like, hey, man, I got this portable camera. Take all the pictures in this camera for me. And I just sat there and took pictures, man, and, and scooped up all that knowledge, dude. And uh, I tell these young cats now and again, Guys like those, man, you know, you miss them because they taught you stuff, man, without just sitting you down like you in first, second grade. 
about how to do this comedy thing. And, and TK was one of them cats, man. I really appreciated that about him. Well, thank you, man. You guys are really putting a smile on it. So sometimes, like I said, I'm so I'm a slightly introverted. I know people probably don't believe that, but um, it's good to hear what people think of you. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I truly love that. Hey, 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 you know this, this show is all about uplifting and making people. You know, it, it's the real deal. But hey, we don't bullshit either. Boss, the comedian from Vegas, you on with TK Kirkland? Oh man, <laughs> in the in the building one time. First off, I want to give a big shout out to both of you gentlemen, man. Hey, the last time we was in Vegas together, we was at your spot. Hey, hello, yeah, hello. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Man, I want to thank both of you brothers, man. Hey, 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 boss, before you go any further, before you go any further, hey, TK, they came to Rodney Perry that night. They said, hey, Rod, TK want to do some time. I said, put that nigga up. That's what Rodney Perry said. Yeah, that's what's up. Cause that's he a vet, up. and you gotta you gotta respect the vet in the building. And I know how many times I've been in the room, and just just cause I'm a comic, I wanted to be on the stage. It's crowded. Yeah, yeah. So I don't understand the cats that that would say no. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, especially if you really do this. Right. Go, go, but go, go, ahead, is, go ahead. Every uh, man. I'm sorry. Every man is different. And I always tell people it's based on your upbringing, how you was raised, what you're going through in life. And some niggas just want to shine when they shine. You know what I'm saying? So there's nothing, there's nothing anybody can really do. Man, I think I lost, you, boss. Boss, you still on? Is this boss? boss? Call back. I'm calling back. 702, this you? This boss, I'm here. Okay, go ahead, boss. I'm sorry about yeah, you What's happening? What's happening? Yeah, so I apologize. Go ahead now, gentlemen. Like I was saying, though, real quick, man, I want to thank both of y'all, man. Y'all, thus far in my career, man, you guys have been real, real helpful. You know, I got the honor of growing up watching TK. You know what I mean? I was a fan way before I got to meet him as a friend, and and you know, I want to say thank you for that, Rodney. Man, you you you's an inspiration, man. Until you came to Vegas and worked on my show. I swear to God, I have never seen your stand-up. All I knew was is Rodney Perry was on TV. He's famous. Where I come from, he's on TV. He's famous. Let's do it. Somebody said, I gotta, I'm going to hit him for you, and I, I had the money. Oop, I already knew TK from working with him on a couple other shows. I say, man, I got Rodney coming through. Well, that's my nigga, man. And you guys made made such a, a great impact here, here in town for me, you know what I mean? But 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 my question to you guys is is that I'm experiencing I guess um I, I guess I don't really like to use this phrase but I'm gonna use it man because it's it's the best way to say it is it's hate in town you know where other comedians don't don't support me or 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 I guess you could say um like like TK said they had a little bit more of that woman gene from their mother. <laughs> And, and it kind of, I mean, I don't give a fuck, but, it, but it, I mean, I don't care, but it, but it does bother me. Okay. Well, you, you, here's the thing. Me, you, Rodney, every comic, every man, every woman who's listening to this show, there's one thing that we all have is feelings. And we want people to accept us as who we are and we're on our grind. But understand one thing. I was taught this years ago. You're never going to get anyone to think the way you think. So depending on your day, depending on your mood, you know, learn to deal with it and keep striving because 
that will never change. You will never get anyone or everyone to truly like you or truly support you. But that's why you got to love yourself and love yourself and love your family and keep good people around you and just really just roll the dice because in this business that we're in, there's truly no guarantee. You could be the greatest stand-up comic in the world. doesn't mean you're going to make it. You could try to have open up a club and think everybody's supposed to come, but the thing that you're forgetting is people have plans of their own. They have their own journeys, and they have their own directions. So I'm not going to be long-winded because I really want to talk to everybody. I know everybody's at the phone, the phone up. But that's my opinion to you, boss. You know, and I'll see you um, when we're at Walmart or Target or whatever. <laughs> We roll through the city. And, you know, and a lot of people, and I, and I wish somebody would trip and say they see me. I can't believe they go to Walmart. Walmart, I caught a case about five years ago. I was so damn broke. And I, all my money was tied up and shit. And I went to Walmart, and about 20 people got a gift from me. I will be a Walmart fan for the rest of my life. So, Walmart, God bless you with your discount prices, but I need y'all to uh, stop paying your employees health benefits and shit, so I don't feel bad walking in there. Hey, hey, this is Rodney Perry. You listen to Rodney Perry live. Thank you for the call, boss. Keep going. You guys. And, and, and the thing, the thing too, man, and and I, I learned this over the years, and I'm, I'm sure TK might agree with this as well. Is sometimes you gotta operate on a level where you not you can't broadcast everything. See, a lot of us be right. so happy that that something is going on that we tend to tell people about it. But sometimes you just gotta let people tell you about what's going on because when you when you broadcast your 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 whereabouts, you activate your haters. So sometimes you want to lay in the cut and let people come to you and tell you what's going on. Right. Right on. Right on. Thank you. Word, word. Hey, hey man, how is it for you, TK, to inspire so many of these young cats that way, man? You know what? Because, like I said, it's not that I'm not in touch with anyone, but, like, to protect myself, I'm just in my own lane because we're in a business that if you tell people what you're doing, it's not even the point of in, in someone hating on you. It's the point that we're in a business that the deal may not go through. Mm-hmm. You can have yeah. a deal for oh, a couple that's million the, that's dollars. That's the worst in the world to talk about something that's, that's supposed to happen and it don't. Whew. Oh, my God, yo. Let me tell you something. When I booked Monique, I didn't tell nobody. I, nobody knew. I, I left. By the time I told people, I was getting on a plane the next day. That's how how hush I kept it because right. I didn't want it to not happen. And people would be like, hey, I thought you was going to Monique. I did not want to hear that. Yep, so true. Hey, we got one more caller. Maurice, you're on the line with T.K. Kirkland. What's going on, Rodney Perry and T.K.? What's up, dog? What's going on? Yeah, I'm a truck driver. I'm from Elizabeth, New Jersey. I grew up with uh, Tina Graham and uh, uh, Bob Sumner, Derek Fox, and the whole nine. I remember seeing TK back at uh, this club in Newark called Mirage back in, like, 91, wow. and he ripped it, and I became a big fan ever since. Well, I appreciate it. I remember the Mirage, too, and the Peppermint Lounge and all those things up around there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, I'm proud of you guys, man. You know, I, I love comedy. I'm a truck driver. I'm leaving Laredo, Texas, on my way back to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, man. 
And I told Bob, you know, y'all need to try to get a, a show down there to Charleston, man. They dying for it, brother. Okay. Hey, hey, you know, bro, you know, we can't okay, produce bro. shows. We might do that. And, and Rodney, yeah, we might do, we want to make that Facebook. happen, though. I talked to you on Facebook a lot of times, Rodney. So holla at your boy, man. Make that happen, man. Hey, no doubt, man. Hey, man, thanks for the call, Maurice. Hey, man, be safe out on them highways and byways. Hey, y'all, it, it, it's, it's been an incredible show today. We talked to T.K. Kirkland. I, I, my goal with this show, T.K., is to give people opportunity to hear something from a person that they normally wouldn't hear. And I think we accomplished right. that today. Um, what do you want to leave people with as we, we uh, wrap this show up today? What I want people to to get from TK is that I love helping people. That I think that I'm I'm pretty much one of the most realest men that you'll ever meet on the face of this earth. And that if you want someone to lie to you, I'm not the nigga to call. But if you want to hear the truth, I'm really that dude. And I'm glad to see that I have inspired a lot of comics and just men and women in general who are not even in the business, and I hope that I can continue to inspire with the opportunities that I have coming for me because my goal in life is to truly bless as many people as I can before I leave this world, and that's always been my vision. That's always been my dream, and just to let people know from a business point, see, a lot of people don't even know that I used to manage a woman named Sandra Bullock. Who wow. One of the major stars today. A lot of people don't even know that I used to manage Mike Epps, who his partner now, TC, all of us started out together. Anthony Michael Hall, John Lucasamo. And it wasn't just me. You know, I know how to team up with people quickly. It was a gentleman named Tommy Chestero and David Klingman, who was my partner. And they was pretty much the front runners of the team because they was my facade. They were two white guys, and I was sitting in the back because I was still in the streets, still getting the degree, still being in the streets because my family was big hustlers out of Philly. So I was getting my money another way. But we stayed a low profile because back then everybody knows that a secret. I was catching cases, going to jail. And I'm quite sure people was wondering, like, damn, how the fuck TK ain't never get locked up? Because I always had paper to bail out, get the best attorneys and stuff like that. Even the mistakes that I made with the puppy comb situation, the mistakes I made with the Eddie Murphy situation. Um, it's two sides to every story, but, you know, I believe in accountability. So um, I took it like a man, never denied it. All I can do is apologize for some of those things, but at the end of the day, it made me a better man because if you have never gone through anything in life, you can never teach anyone something to who might be going through the same thing. So I'm kind of glad that I went through it because it's able to uh, to motivate and uplift people as a fan of comic to make people laugh, for people to learn from a fan of comic and um, adjust their show that they can eat, take care of their family, they can go to the mall and walk out with bags. And, um, you know, then you got the family uh, comedians, guys like yourself, right, who can take care of their family and treat their um, wives and kids good. And then you got the players in the game, comedians, who could go around the country and date women that they've never dated before in their life because they went up there, told a joke, and they got the swag and the topic. <laughs> and that's the thing I like to see. 
I like to see comics who, if I saw him 10, 15 years ago, who's probably the corniest nigga in the room or walking down the street, become a stand-up comedian and get all this superhero strength <laughs> right. on stage. <laughs> you feel me? Go on stage making money and enjoy life. That's a phenomenal journey to see, and I'm glad that I, I'm a part of that. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You tune in to Roddy Perry Live. We've been talking to T.K. Kirkland all through the show today, man. Uh, uh, thank you again for coming on. I think you shared some light on uh, on 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 T.K. I, I don't know if everybody knows as much about you as they should. Um, last question for uh-huh. for for the uh, the person that's never heard of T.K., how do you describe yourself? Mm, that's a good question. Um, sincere, down to earth, and I can look you dead in your eye and tell you the truth. That's the kind of that's the kind of man I want to go out as. Like saying, like yo, he always kept a motherfucker real, and he's a good friend. And if I'm not gonna be your friend, I'm gonna tell you I'm busy. I can't be your friend, but you can call me every now and then. <laughs> I love it. Hey, y'all, it's been an incredible show today. Thank y'all for tuning in. All the people that called in the chat room, thank y'all for tuning in. Everybody on Twitter, y'all can check out my man T.K. Kirkland. He's on Twitter, at T.K. Will Win. And and your Facebook is what, T.K.? My Facebook is just T.K. Kirkland. Or you can look under the, on the caviar, caviar.kirkland at gmail.com. Done deal. Hey, y'all, y'all stay blessed. Uh-huh. It's Rodney Perry. Bye, y'all keep... Keep surviving, keep doing it big, and keep laughing. TK, thank you, brother. Rodney, may God bless you. Keep your journey together. Please tell Tonex and Monique I said hello. And to everybody listening, may your pain be champagne. Cheat to the motherfucking K. Get your ass in the car. <laughs> See you around the world, Rodney. <laughs>